Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start Start saving saving today. today. Visit sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Uh, I don't think they should be talking about the Manafort trial, the extravagant wardrobes. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a, uh, as big of a deal as the secret offshore bank accounts, <laughs> for crying out loud. No, 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 that was like to set a foundation. For, like, it's kind of to manipulate the jury a little bit. Like, yeah. look, look at this asshole. St- start with the fashion faux pas, then get into the felony offshore bank accounts later. I'm indicting him for uh, the ostrich jacket. He's guilty. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. I'm Ben Kissel, hanging out with Marcus Parks. Hello, Ben. Marcus, they're yelling at Henry and I. They say we're not doing enough with the book. They say that we're making you work and your fingers are now bones. <laughs> just tell them that we're doing so much work and you're not even doing anything. Just be like, I don't do anything. You're doing enough. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're doing yeah. as much as you're capable of. Okay, well, thank you. Well, I'm capable of doing more. I used the analogy on side stories. You're like Charleston Heston when he spoke to the NRA and he's uh-huh. like, when he's holding up the old musket, yes. the, the newest gun in his collection, you apparently. You will take this narrative from my cold dead hands yes that's that's what i'm talking about here we got a bunch of stuff to get to donald trump he's in the news yeah can you believe he's in the news what did he do now i can't believe it we're gonna get into a little bit what's going on uh, with him regarding uh obviously the nfl kneeling that's back in his tweet storms that's a big thing for him we also have the situation happening with Kanye West, which is kind of exciting. We got some celebrity gossip today. I haven't even heard about this. It's like a little page seven meets <laughs> Abe Lincoln's top hat. Uh, and of course, everything else uh, that's going on in the world, specifically when it comes to the man himself, Mike Pence. He seems to be taking the lead on Space Force. Space Force. Space Force. Space Force. Boo, which I can't boo, wait. Boo, boo. Um, but let's start with the Manafort trial. This is day nine. Of the Paul Manafort trial, he is facing, you know, 300 years. Mm-hmm. I think more than uh, Kuklinski is facing, <laughs> the current subject of last podcast on the left. He's staring the, down the barrel of 300 years. This dude, Rick Gates, who was his number one guy, mm-hmm. his number one henchman, his number one buddy, he testified. He's a key witness for the prosecution. Evidently, the prosecution right now is very mad at the judge. Yeah. And uh, who knows what the hell is going to happen? Currently, the trial's delayed. But Rick Gates is on the stand again. The key guy. He makes. Um, he makes. What's the name of the officer in the O.J. Simpson trial that was racist? Furman. 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 Mark he makes Furman. Mark Furman look like the greatest witness for a prosecution. <laughs> 
prosecutor <laughs> ever because Rick Gates is just on the stand being like, I've stolen from Paul Manafort. I stole with Paul Manafort. We stole a couple of things together. I know where all the offshore bank accounts are. By the way, I had four affairs on my wife. Um, anyway, let me tell you what a bad guy he is. The jury's got to be sitting there being like, who the hell is on trial here? And what sweet-ass deal did Rick Gates get to sit on the stand and admit to multiple felonies mm-hmm. uh, over and over again? Who the hell knows? That seems to be the key witness. We don't really have a lot to go on when it comes to uh, the prosecution's full case yet. Theoretically, they were uh, suspected to perhaps end this week, kind of uh-huh. rest. The prosecution may have rested this week because I guess when the trial began, it was going pretty fast. Yeah, it was it was a it was a Maserati <laughs> of a trial. And since then, uh, the Maserati has broken down. It's now on the side of the road. And we don't know if that car is going to run again. So it's per, it's possible, I guess, that uh, we have some really big breaking news here uh, at the end of this is Friday uh, or perhaps early next week. I don't know how much uh, anger there is uh, towards this judge, but apparently the prosecution has said on Thursday, the day of the trial on Thursday, the judge spoke out of turn and he said uh, the prosecution says the juror should not have heard what that judge said. Mm -hmm. We don't really know what the judge said, but perhaps it's enough to have a uh, mistrial and we just have to redo this entire thing over and over again. And uh, we'll have to hear more about the ostrich jacket. If I find out Paul Manafort owns a pair of Uggs or Crocs, <laughs> guilty without a doubt. Oh, yeah. Now, the defense is using that old strategy is like, how can we trust Rick Gates? He hangs out with criminals like my client. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but, you know, in the minds of the jury, it is like if you're the defense and they haven't had a chance really to get out there and uh, with their guns blazing yet... I think Rick Gates is a pretty easy dude to pick apart. I mean, the guy is as flawed or more flawed than Paul Manafort. The one thing Paul Manafort didn't do was steal from Paul Manafort. <laughs> I mean, that's the the problem. Uh, with, that's always been the big problem with right. flipping witnesses. You yeah. know, whether it's this kind of trial or like a mob trial mm-hmm. or anything like that. Yeah. It's like anytime you flip a witness, there's always that's always going to be the defense's strategy. Right. It's re- like we're just going to attack the character of this person right. who was a close personal friend of my client. Right. Of course. I mean, and that's exactly what what they're doing right now uh, on a little bit of a different level. It's more of a PR level. Obviously, there's nothing uh, in the courts about the Russian investigation. But when it comes to Michael Cohen, the former lead lawyer for Donald Trump, that's what they're doing to him now, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, many years beyond his famed uh, rise after 9-11, where Uh the nation actually loved him. I know for our younger listeners, the nation loved him at one point. America's (laughs) mayor. I mean, our younger, you really can't imagine how popular Rudy Giuliani was. was. That little, like, guy who looks like he's you know, maybe a relative of the uncle from Adam's family. Uh, he uh, he was, yeah, he was America's mayor after 9-11. And my goodness, is he out there now Oof. desperately trying to say whatever uh, to uh, pretend as if Donald Trump will sit down with Mueller in that investigation. But we, yeah. we'll talk about that in a second. But that's what they're doing right now to Michael Cohen, discrediting this guy, saying he's a liar, he's a horrible person. Always been a liar. Always, Always. been a horrible person, even though they said the exact right. opposite uh, less than a year ago. I have a feeling there might be a bunch of liars out there in Washington, <laughs> D.C. So we'll keep you abreast of what's going on with the Manafort trial. The judge is really strict. Evidently, 
evidently the lawyer or the jurors can't speak to one another, uh, which is kind of rare. Uh, Hmm. This is according to the legal experts that I have read. And we're learning a lot more about the offshore bank accounts. I believe there's seven of them. And we talked about, I don't know if we talked about this on last week's episode. I don't, I don't think we did. We focused on fentanyl. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, go and listen to that with Ben Westhoff. Great, great interview. Great guy. And I can't wait to, wait, uh, to read his book. But Manafort evidently in 2016 was like dead broke. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, right around the time he started working with Donald Trump in the campaign, a little bit before, he got 60 million bucks from these oligarchs in Ukraine and in Russia. Really interesting amount of money and an interesting time, certainly, when it comes to the campaign and receiving a bunch of money. Who the hell knows what's going on, but it doesn't look great. Wasn't it around the same time that the RNC changed its platform uh, to be a little more pro-Russia rather than being anti-Russia? Well, I will say. Because remember that happened right before the RNC National Convention is there was some very strong language about Russia that was taken in the out. GOP's platform. And that was taken out. I don't know if it lines up perfectly with the Manafort payment, but I do know that happened. That absolutely happened. That the GOP changed its platform. Remember this. Everyone needs to remember this. The GOP as a whole changed their platform to be more friendly to Russia. Right. Uh, That has changed. I will say that the new sanctions that Washington, uh, Donald Trump, I guess, I don't think he wants these sanctions to be in place, but they are in place. After the poisoning of a UK former spy, Sergei Skripal, uh, they have new sanctions right now on Russia that it is really crippling uh, their economy. And uh, Vladimir Putin, evidently, uh, you know, the best friend of W. Bush. Apparently, Obama didn't hate him either. And now Donald Trump, he has promised... Um, uh, retaliation. Mm-hmm. This is a move. It's going to cost them hundreds of millions of dollars in bilateral trade. Russia, which has repeatedly denied being involved in the attacks, responded yesterday. They called the U.S. sanctions draconian and rebuffed again the far-fetched accusations mm-hmm. that they used any kind of nerve agent against someone. Because, you know, former KGB spies don't know how to do that. <laughs> That's not right in their wheelhouse. Never happened before. No, I don't. I didn't see any. <laughs> So it's funny because we have Donald Trump's rhetoric going over there, agreeing with Vladimir Putin over our intelligence agency, Dan Coats and the like, and then Congress passing some very strict sanctions that now Donald Trump is also pointing as proof to as why uh, the Russians want to see the Democrats win in 2018 uh-huh. and, they're, uh, and, and going forward to 2020. Again, even though Vladimir Putin openly said that he was very happy uh, that Donald Trump won uh, because Hillary Clinton most likely would have tried to Gaddafi him and he didn't really want that to happen. Oh, Hillary Clinton would not have tried to Gaddafi That's the concern. In Russia, no, she never, ever would have done that in Russia. Oh, I don't know if that's true. I don't think she would. She didn't give a shit, dude. Hillary, Hillary was very hawkish. No, I don't. She would not do that to any. Well, she started. She would not do that to any nation that had nuclear weapons. Maybe she would have done it to somebody else, but she would not have done that to Russia. They would have actively attempted to get Vladimir Putin out of power far more than uh, than Donald Trump. Absolutely, because they would she have was been already trying to get him out of about- power. But I think saying she would have Gaddafi. 
offied him like to because well, that I mean, implies it would that Vladimir Putin the Russia- would, that implies that Vladimir Putin would end with a golden gun up his ass. No, they don't have enough gold in Russia. What, <laughs> it, he would have it, it would have been a vodka bottle after somebody slammed it and then shoved it up his derriere. Uh, but without a doubt, she was already calling the election rightfully so. Yeah, illegitimate because I think he won with a uh, it was a huge amount. It was like ninety nine percent, ninety five percent, ninety percent. It was something pathetic. They never if you're gonna cheat and you're gonna stuff the ballot like 54 percent yeah make it reasonable do it like we did with bush carry in, two- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in 2004 or in 2001 yeah let the supreme court steal it for yeah. you get your own little uh get your own little ohio situation happening flip some votes yeah but we have the sanctions those are very real they're hurting russia we have the uh what was it 120 million bucks worth of missiles that we've given to ukraine so it's this really strange dichotomy where there's a narrative that trump is in russia's pocket but then we look at the actual situation happening uh with congress and uh you know militarily within the ukraine i mean i don't think the russians are particularly thrilled right now no but when it comes to hillary clinton and uh and and putin they had been they do not like each other oh that, i know that was that, that was a, that. that was a fact and of course she was again rightfully calling his election illegitimate the exact way she began with what ended uh, in Libya. That's what she began. That's how she began to discredit Gaddafi. And rightfully so. He also was not really being elected fairly. But I would argue Libya was the only successful country in Africa. So I would say uh, leave him alone. Yeah. Classic Kissel, because certainly now it's full of ISIS and uh, no one is happier in Libya because uh-huh. Gaddafi is gone. Granted, of course, as with Saddam, they do horrible things. But it is what it is, and we can't go meddling. People talking about meddling in our election via memes on Facebook. Uh-huh. That's really meddling in an election, yeah. giving, giving a bunch of arms to farmers. Yeah, and, that's uh, and apparently, uh, you know, telling them exactly how to kill Gaddafi. That's the only way you can kill a supervillain with yeah. his own weapon up his butt. <laughs> I, th- I, played, I played Sonic the Hedgehog. I know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's none of our business. It never should have been no, any of our of business. Yeah, I, I think it really hurt her. I mean, and you know, so anyway, to wrap up the Manafort thing, that's so, what we so know just right so, now. Just just uh, just so everyone knows, we definitely got our standard relitigating the 2016 election no. uh, reference into this episode. We're not done with it yet. <laughs> We're not done with it yet. Uh, so yeah, we don't know what's going to happen with the Manafort trial. It could last another week. It could last another two weeks. Again, it's currently delayed, so we'll see if that's a big delay or a small delay and uh, they can figure it out Um, or uh, perhaps again maybe a mistrial and then we have to go through all of this again and quite frankly I just hope I just hope it continues Mm -hmm. I don't want to waste these nine days Um, and we'll just see what the hell happens with Paul Manafort that dude the fact that he didn't bend whatsoever the fact he didn't plead guilty and is going through this trial I don't know what he knows I don't know what the defense knows Uh, maybe he is just waiting on that presidential pardon Mm mm-hmm uh, you know, he might be he might be the turkey of the day he, he, and he might get pardoned. I don't know. <laughs> or he might but, just be very aware of what the KGB is capable of or that. Yeah. Or that. Maybe he doesn't want to flip on them and, and you know, uh, blast some oligarchs that will then theoretically or perhaps in the future blast him. Uh, so who the hell knows? Yeah. But we'll we'll keep on following that for you. And of course, if you want to go just read about it, I mean, there's a lot of speculation uh, because there's no cameras in the courtroom and the reports are the reports. And so they're kind of channeled through the minds of people who might have an agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm happy that there are no cameras in the courtroom because as we've seen time and time and time again, uh, it just leads to a circus like 
like atmosphere, especially uh, with a trial of this um, with this national exposure, international exposure, really. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Kanye West. And I, we don't usually talk about uh, um, artists mm-hmm. or celebs here on the show, but he was on Jimmy Kimmel last night and he was defending his support for Donald Trump. And he said it took him about a year and a half before he was brave enough to come forward and say that he supported Donald Trump. He said that there was a lot of people in Hollywood that were like, yo, dude, if you say you support Donald Trump, you're like done. Yeah. And so Kanye naturally was trying to protect his career. Uh, so he didn't come forward. And then, of course, we know about the now infamous tweet storm. We also know that Kim Kardashian, his wife, uh, her aunt was pardoned by Donald Trump, probably got in some uh, brownie points mm-hmm. uh, for Kanye. But I was talking about this on Cavuto today. And we have to remember 2016, I think, you know, as a person who voted for Barack Obama twice, I think there was a there's a lot of disappointment. Yeah. And I think that plays into why Kanye decided to go. It's a binary process. You only got one other option. Why he decided to go with the Republicans. He didn't like being told uh, that he has to vote for a Democrat. He doesn't like the idea that the African-American vote is supposedly monolithic. And with Obama, you know, it's like the Dems lost a thousand seats across the country. Governors, uh, House seats, uh, you know, Senate. And uh, the only major accomplishment was Obamacare that has since been gutted. He didn't get, you know, Obama didn't get Merrick Garland through, which he could have done through a recess appointment if he would have just just done it and, you know, had a little bit more courage. So I and I think the African-American, obviously, I'm not speaking for African-Americans. Look at me. I can only speak for Vikings um, (laughs) and competitive eaters. Uh, But I have spoken to some. Uh, who talk about how he they were disappointed uh, in Barack Obama because of the lack of accomplishments and because of the fragile um, legislative victories that he had. So, so that, th- I think so that that p- played into it a little bit uh, when it comes to the support for Donald. And then also, of course, to continue with the relitigation uh, with Hillary, you know, the 94 crime bill, as we've talked about at nauseum, the super predator, all that kind of stuff. There was uh, there was just enough of a reason for someone like a Kanye West, I also don't think he likes to be told what to do, to say, okay, fuck it. I'll just go with this dude. Uh, and also, let's not forget, he's rich. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, he's extremely so wealthy. His uh, the, the yes. yes, of course. Like The policies of the Republicans benefit Kanye West quite a bit. Yes. The but only I, color is green. Yeah, but I also don't, I mean, the, the argument that you just made, it's like, I don't know, so you're saying that he threw a hissy fit. Because well, they didn't, he didn't well, get what he wanted, so he went to the other side, and mm-hmm. he didn't want to do what people told him to do, so he went to the other side. I mean, it's just You don't like Rage Against the Machine? You don't, you don't <laughs> listen? Fuck you, won't I, do it, you tell me? I think it very literally. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, it's, a, it's reactionary, you it know? Is re- it's like, oh reaction, my, well. Yeah, reactionary shit is, uh, it's useless, it's thoughtless. No, you know, the question is, do people, you know, what compels you to vote? Your wallet or your heart? I think he's going with his wallet, number yeah. one. And number two, it is we should I think be he's open able about to that. overlook. I mean, that's the difficult thing about all of this. We yeah. have Donald Trump. This is the one-year anniversary of Charlottesville. Yeah. Uh, it's been declared a state of emergency uh, there uh, in Charlottesville. The Unite the Right rally has moved over to Washington, D.C., and if they think they're going to get away with what they got away with last year, well, I don't think so. <laughs> D.C. cops know about a protest or two. They have one every damn day to deal with. Yeah. Um, so I think it's going to be handled much, much differently. 
Donald Trump, as we all know, same both, you know, good people on both sides. One of those sides contained neo-Nazis. I would argue that there was bad people on one side, yeah. uh, worse people anyway. And then, of course, we have the ratcheted up war on NFL players who kneel. So you have these social cues that Donald Trump puts out there that are totally embracing of this alt-right white supremacist worldview. And then you have uh, his economic views that really, I mean, you look at the economy, you look at those kinds of things, and, and it's, it is going well. So if you're Kanye, I guess you just weigh um, the importance of, of who this person is as a man and what this person is doing uh, it, to affect your life. And I suppose, I guess he just has come out and said that uh, he, he, will, uh, he can deal. Yeah, fuck you know, everyone else. Things. You know, fuck, you know? Fuck, yeah, fuck everybody else. Fuck what he's doing to the country. Fuck what his rhetoric is doing to this country. Right. To hell with all that. Uh, I am sad because Obama know, didn't do what I wanted him to do. That uh, and or I'm sad, but or I want it. I'm not going to do what people tell me to do. Fuck all them. So I'm going to support this fucking beast. Well, you know his. Uh, you, it's funny because he talks about love. Uh-huh. That Jimmy Kimmel interview, he's like, if people could just love more and understand more, and it's difficult because you just want to grab them on the cheeks, like the fat kid in the sandlot. <laughs> is it that? He was just like, you, you shake them. Yeah. Or no, it was Billy Madison. I got to get a Billy Madison reference in there. Where you, the back with the cheeks. Oh, so cute. Uh, like my little puffin. Yeah. Little Pomeranian. Puffin's great. Um, but he's talking about how you got to love and all this hate, and I do think there's too much hate. Uh, but the person who is really at uh, the, uh, the tip of the mountain when it comes to divisive rhetoric is the guy that he supports. So uh, there's a little cognitive dissonance in there, and it, it is just one of those fascinating things. But I do want to be clear. If you're an African-American and you want to support a Republican, you have every right to do it. And I of do course. get what he's saying. Yeah. The Democratic Party didn't give the African-American community a lot. Again, even under Barack Obama and under Bill Clinton, they sent them all to prison, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having uh, doubling or, or even more than doubling the prison population. So I understand where he's coming from. And then we have the situation. And I'm not going to use Chicago in the way that everyone else uses Chicago. It's the 13th most dangerous city. Uh, in the country, yeah. New Orleans, I believe, is number one. And St. Louis is number two, I think. Or, yeah. oh, there's a lot of them. There wasn't 63 murders over the weekend like Giuliani was saying. I mean, uh, they're well, just telling they, these huge, blatant lies. There was, There is a lot. And Rahm Emanuel, if you are from Chicago, Democratic rule there, I don't think that you're very happy with the establishment. Yeah. And for him, he sees the, he sees the Democratic Party as the establishment plays into Trump's narrative of being anti-establishment. Of course, if you live in Alabama, it's the exact opposite. You know, so you can have an outsider Democrat come in and say, wow, this guy is finally talking to me. But so that's I, that's my understanding anyway. My my plebeian understanding of the mind mm-hmm. of really a genius, Kanye West. Right. Um, so I do think, who knows? And honestly, maybe his maybe his record sales go through the roof. I don't freaking know. Yeah. I mean, hip hop is like the number one seller among all groups. So maybe there's a bunch of rednecks now uh, driving around listening to Kanye and I listening to uh, college dropout. I, don't know. <laughs> I seriously fucking doubt it. You know, who knows? I watched a uh, but to that point that Marcus made earlier regarding, you know, just kind of people being happy that other people are suffering or maybe you didn't make that point. But um I would I walked by a, a truck. Speaking of rednecks, it was a redneck truck. Not ever, not all pickup trucks are redneck trucks, but this one certainly was. On the back of it, it said "ha ha ha," and the H was in the Hillary Clinton campaign logo. 
you lost. And it's like, so they're just so, he's just so happy. It wasn't yeah. like, go Trump. It was like, ha ha, you lost. And that was his main motivation of for course. voting. And you can't really take that out as a uh, as a big factor when folks go to the polls, which is kind of unfortunate. It's extremely unfortunate that that actually matters to people, that this spitefulness uh, that I honestly, like, I don't know where it comes from. I really don't know where this extreme spitefulness for uh you know, the specifically the Hillary Clinton campaign, like where that came from and for, you know, leftists in general, like because the right, uh, no one seems to really have any ideas anymore like, no. because it seems like the right is very much, you know, let's just, you know, piss off the left and the left is let's destroy the right. And no right. one's really coming up with any concrete ideas on how to actually do shit. The you, don't only, think, you don't think Space Force is a concrete <laughs> idea? You don't think so? Like any ideas that are going to do anybody any good? Space Force. <laughs> what? I'm, I mean, go, I'm joining will... up for Space Force. By the way, you don't have any weight in space. Yeah, that is That'd true. Be great. That is true. And you know, Space Force is going to create jobs and such and such. But there mm. are a lot of jobs that could also be created through rebuilding the infrastructure in America. Yeah, that you would know, be nice. Things that won't, you know, contracts that won't go to uh, military contractors. Right. You know, those sorts of things that, because by the way, Space Force will initially cost $8 billion. Oh, it's going to be that's, a pretty penny. That is initially that's only Ooh, and that's yeah. just what they're projecting initially and that's not even counting the upkeep what it's like and what it's going to cost us throughout the years i mean personally i think space force is either it's one of two things it's either a gigantic distraction uh from all the other bullshit that's going on and whether it's a tip whether it there works or no not one distracted right it's now. a well i mean i don't know whether it worked or not but at the very least it might be a, an attempt at distraction <clears throat> or two it's a ploy to sell merch and there's yeah. actual evidence that it's a ploy to sell merch well, because they talked about selling merch in the latest Trump email I, I, I'm <laughs> actually going to buy one. I will buy a Space Force shirt. That must happen. Ugh. I actually had a chance to talk to a guy who was very big in Ted Cruz's campaign. By the way, Ted Cruz was the one who looked at the porno. Yeah. Yep, that's a fact. <laughs> um, and I was like, why did you do it on Twitter? He's like, I... We don't know. Uh, <laughs> apparently, Ted is a very nice guy to work for, so that's good to hear. Uh, but he was saying how you know the military is already using NASA to yeah. back as a back channel. They spend a lot of secret dark money on what is already basically a space force. So Pence is proposing a sixth branch to the United States government. Of course, we already have a six hundred billion dollar uh, U.S. military budget, which I think uh, could definitely be lowered lowered uh, to help out with things, as Marcus mentioned, like infrastructure structure um health but another thing sure, that there, we there's could a use lot a little we, bit of cash in there's a lot of there's a lot of uh ways that they could allocate funds better that's oh for yeah damn we sure. can't afford health care but, but we when, can afford space force well when it comes to it, it it is real i mean china's up there the russians are up there yeah. these folks are all up there so it is something that does have to have to be taken into account ronald reagan when he proposed it the star wars plan it's always it's very fun uh, you know, they said that's decades away. And as Mike Pence said, and we have to take everything Mike Pence says as gospel <laughs> as he speaks for the Lord. Uh, it is decades. It's been decades. So I do think it's like time that we have to address it as a serious issue. It's hard because it's coming out of the mouth of Mike Pence and the brain of Donald Trump. And it's but called it is a Space significant Force. issue. I mean, yeah, well, it what is else do you want to call it? <laughs> Space Squad? <laughs> Come on. I don't know. Something better than Space Force. Something better than Space Force. Space Force sounds like a, an eighth a, grader came up with it. We don't know the age of the person that came up with it. 
one. That's, we don't know, but you're a sci-fi guy. Yeah, I Space know. Space Force. No, there are about, if I were to watch a want? movie and it was called... Space Force sounds like a shitty 80s sci-fi movie that sits next to Kroll the Conqueror on oh. the fucking VHS tape. What uh, are you talking about? John Candy's a man dog. Space Force. <laughs> we got a mom. I don't know. You just expect it to sound a little uh, more official. Space Force what? doesn't sound official. Space I Force sounds to, like a shitty movie. I just disagree. Well, everything does. We're living in it. I mean, again. We are in, we are in, is this the Truman Show? <laughs> I'm still waiting for a, a light to come and hit me on the damn head. Oh, no, we're we're a full uh, year into dystopia. Like, sure. we're officially a full year into dystopia. I mean, some some could argue that uh, dystopia began around the same time as Charlottesville. The, the dis- it's been happening American, for a while. But American dystopia began around the same time that Donald Trump said there's good people on both sides because that was, that seemed to be, I think, mm. uh, for a lot of people, and it kind of seemed to me as well, because uh, I remember reading that we were that in was San, so, we were in San Francisco. No, we were in Montreal. We were doing just for laughs. Were we in uh, Montreal? Or were we at Outside Lands in San Francisco? I believe we were in Montreal. Huh. I think so because I watched it in the hotel room there. I'm pretty. I could be wrong. I don't, I don't know. We travel yeah, so damn much. Yeah, just, yeah we, tra- we travel so much. But yeah, I, I do remember that being. Uh, a time where like a little fuse kind of busted in my brain. Oh, it was uh, crazy. That, that was just like what? Like that? Yeah. That? It, like there's no way that the president said that. Right. I like, know. There's that was... no. There's no way that the president of the United States actually said that. And that was really the first time that. Uh, the wheels came off. No, I know. That was the situation where it's like Aaron Judge playing a game of softball. I'm like, this will be an easy home run. Uh-huh. And then instead he just totally whiffed. And I was like, how the hell did yeah. you mess up? Like not condemning neo-Nazis. That is like pretty easy to do. What? It's easier than than saying that you uh, think there's good people on both sides. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, that, that, because that's the, but, that's when you really started to think like and that's when they really started to confuse everyone because you you had to. You had to face the fact that maybe he didn't mess it up. You had to face the no, fact. No, he didn't mess up. Yeah. He meant it. He said it three times. Yeah. I mean, he, fi- it- he said it. And then he said it again. Then he fixed it. And then after the fix that was written for him, he said it again. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. of course, that's, but that's, that's, that's what he like, thinks. But you had to face that. And that yes. really was it was a brain breaking moment. Uh, well, and it, it, ma- it just it changed every it changed the focus. It changed everything. Sure. Sure. I, I understand what you're saying. It's interesting. So that Space Force. Check it out. Very interesting. I'm excited to go up there. <laughs> Sign me up for Space Force. I'll go throw a slice of pizza in the air, and then you can swim after it. But you're in air. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, so I love it. I love the whole idea. Let's get it done. Um, but when it comes to what you were just talking about, there's a recent poll out, a Pew Research poll, and a lot of Republicans are thrilled about it. And I would I would caution them, as I did today on Dana Perino's show. She's she's very sweet. Uh, she worked. She was the mouthpiece for George W. Bush. But hey, you know what? I guess we all have to have jobs. And she was a lot. That was a different time. Uh, I did not like George W. Bush. But it was not a, the, those press briefings. Even with Jay Carney, like we're, we, it's a next level stuff happening with Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Oof. And I give her credit, man. If Kuklinski could not kill her, like I'm telling you, like Richard Kuklinski would be like, I've met the ice woman. And then it would just be a marriage, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Well, I would say more, you know, more accurately uh, things that she's not doing because she's well, not holding very many press conferences. Well, it's the, 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 the there is a big there is a big issue with uh, the rhetoric coming from Donald Trump when it comes to the press. Uh, and it's, it's getting uh, to be quite dangerous. We need to protect the First Amendment, the freedom of the press. 
both sides are tearing apart the First Amendment right now. And I mean that. And we got to be very careful to stay like reasonable and like speech that you don't like. It's still allowed. And then you're allowed to be like, I don't like that speech, but here's my speech. And then people can decide. Um, but when it comes to Trump, the the most recent Pew Research has him at an 82 percent of a very warm feeling. That's the that's kind of the, the language they Ugh. used here. It was very warm or somewhat warm. Uh, or very warm to warm uh, for uh, for President Trump. Feelings 80, towards President Trump feelings, from yeah. Republicans. From, from Trump voters. From Trump so voters. Who, knows who the hell that is. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a smattering. Um, 82% say they're very warm or warm towards the president. And I, I'm with you on that. Like, why? You might as well just ask him, like, how moist are you for the president? <laughs> uh, I don't really, I hate, I do not like the language. Warm and Trump. I don't yeah. want to hear, because you just think, you know, about, uh, about something mm-hmm. else. But um, if you look at the actual situation happening regarding the Trump coalition, uh, coalition, 82% still support him. But that number, 18%, is huge. Mm-hmm. And this is what I was talking about today. Trump only won by 77,000 votes in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. He hasn't grown his coalition whatsoever. It's a really kind of bizarre, loose uh, fabric that is holding this entire thing together. So he can't afford to lose 18%. So despite the fact that he's holding on to 82, it's still not going to be good enough if those numbers hold for 2020, assuming that Democrats, as they have been showing here with the most recent primaries uh, over this past week, and next week we have a, we have a couple too, uh, they are much more energized. These Republican districts that were once won easily by double digits by Republicans, although the Republicans have tended to still win at very close margins no. considering uh, where those districts are located. And obviously, as we saw in Pennsylvania 18, where Connor Lamb was actually able to pull off a big upset for the Democratic Party. Um, those numbers should be troubling uh, for Donald Trump and for the Republicans going forward in 2018. Also interesting is 93% of Hillary Clinton voters, they are very cold uh, towards Donald Trump. They are not at all warm. So you have 93% of Hillary voters who I think are mobilized and will definitely be out there voting, feeling very cold. 82% of Trumpers feeling very warm. That 18% he has no room to lose anyone no. because he hasn't done anything to grow the party except for he did get Kanye. Yeah. Um, I, I think voted for him in the first place. So yeah. No, he didn't get Kanye. Maybe he, he didn't, didn't get Kanye. Ka- no, he's only going to lose. But he's kept Kanye. He's kept Kanye. <laughs> he's only going to lose more and more people. I would think uh, so. As time goes well, on. Uh, the Charlottesville thing, as Marcus pointed out, that was kind of a bellwether for a lot of folks being like, can I stomach this? Yeah. And then, of course, we have the situation happening economically. If you're an economic conservative, you look at the tariffs and you're like, can I stomach this? Mm-hmm. You're uh, looking I mean, at all the children being separated from the parents right. at the border and asking, can well, I stomach that's this? that's the funny thing. On Kavuta and today, children that still aren't uh, being reunited with their parents, by the way, and probably they're, they're never, never will be. No, because they don't. They, they don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It was the stupid. Jeff Sessions is one of the dumbest AGs in the history of this country. Um, what a moronic plan not to have like, when are they going to get back together? Well, you know, oh, shit. <laughs> what was that whole unification thing? Uh-huh. Reunification thing? Um, but when it comes to, uh, yeah, so there's a bunch of different things that, that, uh, that have occurred that sort of like slowly kind of peel away at the Trump support yeah and i don't think once again he hasn't done anything uh to galvanize more support maybe a couple of people here or there but when it comes to the tariffs you know the uh, the farmers are now super upset i was talking to this gal on cavuto today and she mentioned how there's so many jobs americans can't even fill all of them and i'm like yeah 
That's why we need a citizen, a path to citizenship for undocumented workers. Yeah. Like they don't even get their own. They're like bragging about having too many jobs. We can't even fill all of them. And it's like no kidding because we rely on immigrant labor. Yeah. And you are totally freezing out that entire group that this country has been reliant on since the beginning. Yeah. If so we, it's ridiculous. If we don't fill the, fill those jobs, then growth is stale. It's stagnant. Yeah, stagnant. It's not. It's not going to happen. We have to have <laughs> a workforce. You got to. You got to. And everyone knows this. My father, a first generation. Uh, our friend Cena's dad, first first generation people just work their tails off. Because they know another country where they didn't have the opportunity to work their tails off. Yeah. So they're happy as hell to do it. Um, so, yeah, that whole thing, the immigration problem, no end in sight when it comes to family reunification. It's a political loser without a doubt. Oh, but don't um, worry. Uh, you know, Melania Trump's family, they've absolutely been reunited because her parents were just made citizens yeah. through what? Chain migration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which President Trump has again and again railed against. Well, the merit-based approach does have some some positive things about it. I mean, most nations do merit-based. And the immigration problem, I mean, it is very serious. Yeah. You know, I get it. Uh, as we talked about with Ben Westhoff and stuff, there is a lot of drugs uh, like the fentanyl. The Chinese are really the ones who are making them. That was an interesting interview. Yeah, it was great. I didn't realize the Chinese are just like their factories. They're, all they do is make fentanyl and be like, give it to the Americans. Oof. And meanwhile, the Chinese evidently uh, they are into uh, ketamine. That's the that's big, a weird isn't drug. Ketamine, like super intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. that K hole, man. So it's like, yeah, what? Do you, what is ketamine? What's the effect? It's a of, horse tranquilizer. It's a horse tranquilizer. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, man. Good Lord. Special K. No kid. Never done it myself. Never, never. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Don't do it. It's a heavy one. I do not want to try it's it. It's a real weird one to be popular. Yeah, very, very strange. Very strange. Yeah, so the immigration thing, absolutely uh, horrific. And when it comes to Trump, that base, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, regarding that let's move on here a little bit and talk about uh the democrats so uh what's going on right now how are the republicans what are those campaigns look like nancy pelosi you would think she was running for every single congressional seat mm -hmm. because they are making every single democratic congressional candidate tethered to nancy pelosi despite the fact i mean obviously she's she's not the speaker right now they don't have that opportunity they need to get the 23 seats plus in order for that to occur and uh it's interesting to see the republicans are making her the big boogie woman mm -hmm. and of course donald trump is the lightning rod uh for the left but there's 51 democratic congressmen and congresswomen ocasio-cortez being one of them uh connor lamb uh, being another one, uh, Donovan, uh, being another one out of Ohio, who are just running and running on uh, opposing Nancy Pelosi. And there's mm -hmm. 51 other Democrats who are opposing her as well, Democratic uh, candidates. So it is interesting to see the Republican strategy trying to tie everyone to Nancy Pelosi. And I think, uh, you know, Connor Lamb representing the more moderate wing of the Democratic Democratic Party. Uh, uh, Ocasio-Cortez representing the more liberal base of the Democratic Party. Both sides I think they really want and need new blood. I think what we need is the competent wing of the Democratic Party. That because would be Nancy great. Pelosi is not that. Well, you don't tell her that. You know, she's the <laughs> second wealthiest woman in Congress. These people are so freaking wealthy. Uh, she's the second wealthy, wealthiest person in Congress. And uh, she is it's just so difficult because she just swears to up and down that she is a great negotiator. And again, under Obama, we had we had a chance. There was two years. Uh, they got Obamacare passed, but it could have been a much better bill. And then they lost everything. 
And, yeah. and I don't know. I, I, I'm not I am cautiously optimistic, but I have learned my lesson the hard way regarding that. So yeah. that's the Republican strategy going forward. It, it, you know, is just going to attack Nancy Pelosi and be like, yo, if we give if we give up the House, then Nancy Pelosi is going to be the new speaker. And do you want that? And everyone says no. Also, the other approach is the Republican Party, as we learned from the Devin Nunes tapes that just came out this week. They are blatant, blatantly saying at this point, be like, uh, yeah, so if we don't continue to hold the house, like Donald Trump's going to be impeached. So we probably, <laughs> probably want to do it. Yeah, he said all this will go away. All of this, all this greatness will go away. <laughs> oh, you know how much fun you're having? That sense of superiority that you have. Oh, it's yeah. just making your, your life better. It's not raising your paycheck or, you know, making you healthier or making sure nope. that, you know, you're not going to fall into bankruptcy should you ever get just a little bit sick. Uh, but don't you feel good? I do think Ocasio-Cortez has got to tighten up how she believes single payer can work. Yeah. Uh, because that's very interesting. The words, Everything needs to be tightened up. Everything has to be tightened up. Yeah. And I, hopefully they do it. Interestingly enough, the Koch brothers, actually, their institute, um, it was a Koch brothers funded institute uh, that found single payer Medicare for all, which is obviously at its very core. I believe Truman was the one who came up with it. It's, it's socialism. That yeah. is socialism. Like uh, the fact that Donald Trump is going to give farmers 12 billion bucks to offset the horrible tariffs that he is going to uh, putting in place. It's going to cause a fucking trade war that we don't need to have right now. That's socialism, mm. you know, but the word just gets so drugged through the muck here. Um, but they did have a, the Koch brothers, obviously very libertarian, do not like Donald Trump. Donald Trump has thrown on demonized them on Twitter as well. His favorite platform, because you don't actually have to talk to anyone face to face because we see what happens when he does that. Yep. He grovels to them and loves them. Unless, of course, it's an ally who uh, he, he deems to be uh, too weak to stand up to him. Mm-hmm. But they have found that the way that the Medicare system is right now will cost roughly 34 trillion bucks. Over 10 years. And the the, the plan that Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders put forward would cost roughly three, $32.4 bucks over 10 years. So they say it'll actually save money in the long run. Obviously, it would require a raising in taxes. Those offshore bank accounts that Paul Manafort is currently on trial for having, mm-hmm. those would be like closed up all across the board. The tax loopholes and things like that. Uh, would would also be closed, and we would just as a nation have to realize that we're going to be running a deficit forever. Yeah. Um, but if they can explain it and rationalize it, and this libertarian think tank who just crunched the numbers and came up with these results with no my under I read the I read it. It was 14 pages. Uh, there wasn't a lot of political bias in it. It was just the it's just a bunch of nerd stuff. Yeah. Uh, math. Nerd, that's what I call it, nerd stuff. Nerd stuff. Math, nerd stuff. Get out of here, smart guy. What are you trying to build a bridge and I can drive over it? Go to your house and beat you up, you nerd. Um, but that was an interesting result, and yeah. I thought that was actually quite promising uh, when it comes to um, when it comes to the idea uh, for Medicare for All. And also, it's a political winner for the Democrats. Well over 50% of Americans now favor it because, quite frankly, it'll just simplify things. The main people, of course, who are against it, Big Pharma, they gave over 41 million bucks to Congress, I believe just last year alone. I mean, it is crazy how much control they have. That's why we have Cory Booker out there refusing to take Canadian drugs or allow Canadian drugs to come down uh, from Canada so people could maybe live. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why the anti-marijuana advocates are oftentimes financed by by Big Pharma yeah, as well. You know, Of course they are. Uh, so 
the, they still control they stroke they control Congress and Congress controls the purse and we'll see if it happens but I think it's a political winner if framed properly it's just a very easy one once again with the socialist word which is a which is a very it's a four letter word to a million most Americans quite frankly and uh, the idea of um, my taxes are going to go up well I but think- either way your taxes are going to go up mark my words. Because this permanent, this is not a permanent tax cut for the middle class, no. only for the wealthy. Exactly. Your taxes are absolutely going to go it's up happening. no matter what. I mean, I think what the Democrats need to do is, I, I, at this point, um, a lot of uh, Republicans, not even necessarily Republicans, Trump supporters, uh, a lot of Trump supporters, they have dug in their heels oh, yeah. so hard oh, my. that they are never, ever going to go with any sort of plan that comes from the Democrats, even if the Democrats can show them right. a chart that it says, look, if you let us do this, then you are going to get this. And they can clearly yeah. show them. You know and what, they man? can even hand them like a big stack of cash and say, like, look, this is what you are going to have in two years. They could abs- they could do that. And still, Trump voters would not, they Dude. would not in any way whatsoever flip what they have to focus on is getting new voters, getting I, uh, people mobilized, getting people actually yeah. coming out to the polls because our voter turnout rates in America are fucking abysmal. Well, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Yes, you know, there are. Tuesday is not the not the best day for working class people to vote because they're working. Yeah, Tuesday but afternoon is bad. I would not be surprised if Trump proposes it. Yeah. I really wouldn't because that's what he does. He just picks and choose. And, and, and these are political winners. Um the other big issue, obviously guns, that's beginning now to be a very significant issue for the Democratic Party. And I think that's another big political winner. Uh, 54% of Republicans now believe in more gun restrictions. So if they can run on, run on that as well, obviously what we saw in Florida after Parkland, making, you know, 21 now to get the same gun that, uh, what was it, Nicholas Cruz was able to purchase. Unbelievable that he was able to purchase that damn gun. Mm. Um, but now that's 21 years old to do that. Uh, the, uh, um, you know, most Americans agree with universal background checks. That's like 78 percent, almost 80 percent of Amer- uh, of Americans believe in that. Um, you, you know, the bump stock restrictions. Those are like political winners for the Democratic Party. And if mm-hmm. they can lay that out, um, I think that they ha- could do well. It's just the numbers are actually on their side on so many things. Yeah. But it's the message that it, or the messenger it's of the, the m- message that has just been totally freaking lacking and again the dnc no bankrupt basically that's why hillary had to payroll them or bail them out basically um and finance them for her campaign so there's a lot of issues it's a it's a party that's searching Mm -hmm. and i think for as far as a party that's rebuilding after eight years of obama it's doing okay it's a it's a, a party what the democratic party needs more than anything is passion that's what well, pe- that is what people respond to, and that's what people responded to with Obama. Like that's why people were so into him was because there was passion behind it. There was right. very, very real passion behind it, and that's why people didn't respond to Hillary because there was nothing. Yeah, but and I that's why people responded to Bernie as well is because there yeah. was a lot of passion, and that's why people responded to Trump was of because course. there was passion, and that's why they continue to respond to Trump. Yeah, is because I mean it's negative passion, but it's passion nonetheless. Well, it's not negative to them, um, but uh, also that passion that you talked about with Obama, because he left office over 50 percent approval rating, despite the fact that they're again, the, the legislative accomplishments are few and far between. 
African-American vote was uh, down about half. And if you don't vote, that's a vote. That is you just saying, okay, I wash my hands of it. Yeah. You know, or, and I don't even care. You vote, write yourself in, but I just think it's important to, to exercise your right just to just to make sure that you do it. Um, as many times, you got to practice it. Well, um, but at the same time, that that lack of uh, feeling like Obama did what he said he was going to do, I think people were kind of feeling deflated. And then you got this guy running out there uh, saying all the things that he was saying, and now we have a situation uh, that we're in now. I want to talk, lastly, we should talk about this, because Donald Trump had a tweet again. Mm. We have to, I'm de- I deactivate my Twitter, I'm never getting back on. Yeah. Insta stories, check out Puffin. <laughs> uh, the war on the media. This is an interesting phenomenon that we're seeing. This is not shocking that a president or a politician or anyone in the public eye, for that matter, doesn't like the media necessarily. Mm-hmm. Certainly not all the time. No one does because uh, the media is there. It's the fourth estate. It's supposed to keep people in check in some ways, although our media is it's, it's, corporate media is amazing. But I want to talk to you because Marcus and I were talking about this yesterday, I think. Donald Trump said uh, regarding the media, specifically CNN, he loves this Fox News and things like that. Um he mentioned how it's fake news and how the media starts wars. And this is an interesting thing. This is, again, another this is a point where Trump, you know, obviously, as Marcus and I talked about, the media is not creating policy. But no. I would argue that the media, as we saw in 2002, when we were leading up 2003, leading up to the Iraq war. Man, that media can get some people on board. They can they beat are the, the drum. drum beat. Yeah, they can beat the drum, but they can't start the war. They because can't. what he implied, what he was talking about, what? is that the media will lead the horse. You know, but you know what, man? I almost think that they could. You could go to any country in the world right now, and the media could come up with a narrative as to why that leader should leave. I mean, maybe right? if we were in like that's a, what they did with that's they what, did it with the Spanish American War, but that was also like 110, <laughs> 120 no, years ago. They they did it with Saddam. They had Hans Blix over there. The rhetoric, all this weapons of mass destruction, never found, still not found. No one knows where they are. Uh, they do it all the time. Going back to Libya, they can make any government look like the worst government on earth because it's a government and it's probably the worst government on earth. But that's what they do. Look at look at what's happening in Syria, uh, Syria right now. ISIS uh, is on the run. Assad is actually doing like a pretty good job killing ISIS. The Russians have taken over, but our media is crickets. They're crickets. And when it comes to corporate media, CNN is sponsored by Northrop Grumman, which is of the course. Stark Industries uh, in real life. You know, so they are they do have a vested interest in in the war effort. And so I I I actually agree with Donald Trump on that, although ah, I disagree no, with him having his crowds, you know, chant at the media, and I think it's getting very dangerous. And so that's all. That's why all of these things I just have to try to isolate sometimes. But I understand what he's saying, and I think that does resonate. That's not what he's saying. That well, what, what he's what, what he's all he's doing is he's trying to choose the phrases that are going to make his base angrier. All he's oh, doing is well, to, to try true. to get them on the, on their side. He's given them these really, I mean, these talking points like, well, now people are like, well, you know what the president says that the media starts wars. You know, yeah. like we have to like we have to fight against the media. We can only listen to him because the media starts wars. All he, that's red meat. No, that, that is, there's no there is zero substance to to that. Like what whatever point he's made. Yeah. Like I mean, what it's I saw it on Twitter, so it's <laughs> got to be true. Yeah.
Yeah, it's like a. It's almost like a, you're trying to read tea leaves, uh, well, where you're always. looking at the dumb shit that he says and trying yeah. to find some meaning in it when there's none there. No, the policy is it's going to be great. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> I don't understand how you don't get the space force, space force. But I, but I, that that is though that point. I do think that we have to remember that these corporate media entities. Are they are run and all of them? They are run by huge corporations of that have a vested interest in war. And if they really want to hyper focus on a country and be like they're the worst country on earth. By the way, you know ISIS, uh, the cart ISIS is second. To, uh, this was what two years ago. I think it was. Oh, I forget the numbers. But the cartels in Mexico had more kills than ISIS did. Yeah. And we don't hear anything about going to war with Mexico. If we're so concerned about human rights all over the world, well, buddy, it's it's right down there on our uh, in, in, in to the south. Uh, that place is is brutal. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's south, another reason why. There's no oil. No. Oh. Huh. <laughs> A lot of fentanyl. Yeah. Oh man, that takes me back. That takes me back to college. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah it takes me. Yeah. Way. I love back. protesting the Iraq War. <laughs> it was like some of the best times I ever had. Yeah. Oh man, it was so much fun. Yeah, we it used to so have great. signs and stuff. It didn't work. No. Uh, definitely didn't stop that from happening. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. But uh, man, we de- we shouted. We shouted. We marched around. But that's what I mean. There's there's really nothing you can do. That's the sad. Once once the media is on board with it. Once once uh, the politicians want it done. Uh, my God, did they take advantage of 9-11. Speaking of the media, uh, I would like to to end on this. Okay. I would like to end on reading uh, the terms of service, just a small part. For Space Force? No. <laughs> a small part of the terms of service from the InfoWars website. Oh, my. Well, that's interesting. That, and that's something we should actually debate, too. I mean, what do you think? He's off of YouTube. He's off of Facebook. Do you think it's right? Well, you know what? I'm just going to read this. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let this uh i'm gonna let this speak for itself okay you will not post anything libelous defamatory harmful threatening harassing abusive invasive of another's privacy hateful racially or ethnically objectionable or otherwise illegal you will not make threats to other users or people not associated with the site if you violate these rules your posts and or username will be deleted Remember, you are a guest here. It is not censorship if you violate the rules and your post is deleted. All civilizations have rules, and if you violate them, you can expect to be ostracized from the tribe. And don't forget about our tactical bath. Uh, you're gonna want. You're gonna want after a hard day of perusing the web. You got your fingertips are a little sweaty. Uh, you're gonna. You can put it. You can just put it in the sink and just soak your fingertips. Uh, you don't have to bathe. I promise you that. Uh, so that's on the Infowars site. That's that is from that the Infowars l- terms of service. Uh, yes, it's a little a little censorship there alone. Uh, huh? That would. But uh, you might call that the height of hypocrisy because oh what. Facebook and or not uh, yeah what what Facebook and, and YouTube and iTunes what they did to uh, uh. Alex Jones Alex Jones completely 1000% reserves the right to do the exact same well, thing to people posting on his website we did talk about this as well I think this was uh, one of those shows I did a conspiracy thing on headline news talking about Alex Jones and it is it's he has every right to have his platform on his yeah, website on his website of um, course the no one, one thing is that does, taking his website down well well, hopefully. I don't because we can't go down that road. But um, the one thing that is kind of interesting to me is Mark Zuckerberg and, and uh, what the hell's Jack? I don't even know his last name over there. Uh, the man who created the end of our times, uh, Twitter. The, you know, they're the ones who are trying to figure out and navigate what's allowed, what content's, you know, defamatory and what can't, what content uh, shouldn't be allowed or should be allowed. And I don't trust these guys. 
they're a bunch of Silicon Valley assholes. They are a bunch of, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg, when you hear him speak, there's a video of Mark Zuckerberg when he was showing like how cool Facebook Live is. He's bar- Remember that video where he's barbecuing with friends? Get these meats. Get- smoking, smoking these meats. Smoking these you meats. smoke meats. You guys want some smoked meats. I swear to God, it's like, um, oh, what's the name of the main lead in Westworld, the female? Uh, Dolores. Dolores is more human. Um, <laughs> it is like crazy. These people... I don't think they understand human beings very well. Not really. And let's not forget, Facebook was solely created to rate women's attractiveness. Mm -hmm. He was just trying to get laid. It was never supposed to be what it became. So I think we have to be cautious when Jack or Mark Zuckerberg or the people over at YouTube. YouTube's a little bit different, but specifically those two platforms. I don't know if they should be censoring content because I'm not sure if I trust what they believe is something that is unworthy to be seen by the public eye. But that's the thing is that they're not, I, I don't believe that they're censoring it, you know, they because have they, they have a choice as to whether they want to host this on their platform or well, not. If they were censoring it, then that means like if the FCC sure. was doing that, if the FCC went to YouTube and said, you have to take down all InfoWars, uh, all InfoWars videos, that's censorship. That is 100% censorship. What about the episode but, where Alex Jones interviews Trump? <laughs> I can't believe that happened. Yeah, yeah I, I know. It's, it's very good to be here. Uh, that's fine. But, uh, yeah, that, that is absolutely censorship. What this is is YouTube saying, we don't want you to be on our platform. Because right. they these are these private are business, companies. Right? And, you know, if this happened to us, if YouTube or iTunes said that, you know, we're just not going to have your show on here on our platform anymore... I'd be fucking livid because it would absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, I would be livid. I would be uh, extremely pissed off, but I can't really say censorship because I can still put any of our shows on our website. You know, we can still, host, know, man, we can still host them anywhere. We can still put them on the InfoWars website. Yeah, but it's like these, these, because that's the, the funny thing is uh, all these conservatives, conservatives are, you know, screaming censorship. And liberals, they're and, both doing it. Well, but... You know, the all these people are, are screaming censorship about all of this shit. The only way to prevent this is if you had government regulation. If you had a government, a government agency, the FCC coming in and telling companies what they can and cannot do. That's the only way to prevent this. Otherwise, all of these platforms have a complete and total right to deny yeah. anybody. I, mean, I agree with you, and I agree with you. However, Facebook and Twitter. It's for some stupid reason. Hopefully, the tide's turning on this. Is taken very seriously. Of course, it's and taken they are serious. controlling the conversation. And it's those people, those isolated people, who are now controlling the conversation of this country, which is, should never happen. So, my question about freedom of speech is: Do you have freedom of speech if you're screaming in a solitary confinement cell? It's like if no one can hear you, if you don't have access, the same access as the majority of the people. Is that a violation of your First Amendment right? Well, you so, know, I mean, that's that's the big question. Well, the the logic follows there is that once a uh, corporation becomes a certain size, then it becomes the property of the government. Well, once it goes public, I mean, these are publicly traded companies. Well, they're publicly traded companies, but I don't own any shares of Facebook. You don't own any shares of Facebook. Like we mm, have no. Do I own? <laughs> that's the thing. I'm like, going to start doing that soon. Like all public. 
all publicly traded means is that the public is able to buy yeah, these things. The, but that's, the, the, but that's the thing is that I don't get anything from Facebook. I don't I don't receive any of the profits. If I were to buy Facebook, right. then I would receive some of the profits. You know, but you could. That's, but that's the thing. It's the access to it. It's the access to it. Right. But I have to choose. I yeah. have to choose to do that, just like I have to choose to be sure. on Facebook. Right. You know, it's just they're very significant platforms of speech, and it's it's. I don't. I just don't trust these guys taking people's comments down or whatever it is. I mean, I think everyone should just get off of the damn things and stop. All you do is give them power. Yeah. Uh, when you allow them to be your your homepage for your every damn thought that no one needs to hear about, quite frankly. But um, yeah, it's an interesting conversation, and I I understand Alex Jones is extremely livid about it, and it's going to cut into his profits. At the same time, he did have his followers followers dox the parents of Sandy Hook victims. So yeah. I don't have a, I don't have a lot of sympathy. But again. Going back to what I just said in the way, way earlier ago, it's like the speech you hate, it's still protected speech. Of and course, we have to be careful not to go down the road the, of uh, eroding our First Amendment. So. The only thing that the, free, that the First Amendment guarantees is that the government will not arrest you for your speech. That's the only thing the First Amendment guarantees. It right. doesn't guar- That's true. It doesn't guarantee you that uh, the news has to cover you. It doesn't guarantee you. Uh, no. Like if you even if you go back, go way back to the founding fathers. Like it would be like saying that uh, free speech guarantees me a spot in every pamphlet. Oh, Mr. Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Is Jefferson, that, like, thank you for being here. Yes. The, yeah, that, um, that, but that no, would I be that's, that's, but you know, that's way back At the same time, that. though, again, we can do this all day. Yeah, of at course, the same time, they're, they're, they're huge platforms. They are and, huge and, platforms. But so were pamphlets way back in the day. Those were the, uh, that was the only way that you could get any of your news in Virginia. Out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the swamplands of D.C. and Virginia. Yeah. I mean, but, people, I, I guarantee you people were making this same argument oh so many years ago. Well, it's an important one to watch out for because... Uh, we don't if you silence others at some point you will be silenced yourself and then it's like a it's a poem or that people really like or a saying what the, the oh, one i don't know it's the whole what is it oh they came for alex they, they Jones came and for I the said fruit nothing. cake and then i <laughs> and i said nothing and then they came they came for the hamburger and i said nothing and then yeah. they came for the pizza and i realized they didn't have anyone to help me defend it, yeah. it or something yeah, i'm not yeah. sure i don't oh, know no, yeah they 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 came for Infowars, and oh. i said nothing because uh i never doxed the parents of uh children who were uh, murdered by uh, psychopath and so, uh, so yeah it is interesting. Fuck HLN, I got to mention, though, I got to mention uh, Bill Cooper and Alex Jones. You know, 4% four of Americans believe the world's run by reptilians. 4%? Yeah, that's like 10 million. What is it? What do we have? 320 million people? Let me do some quick math and make up a number. Boop, 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 uh, boop. Oh, oh, I think the number's 9 million. <laughs> there is like millions of people that actually believe it. What started out to be a joke has definitely, definitely gotten out of hand when it comes to all that. But. There's a lot of jokes that have gotten out of hand in recent years. Yeah, um, apparently Vice News was uh, uh, yeah, a joke. Yeah. And then they all, the co-founder, the ex-co-founder really takes that seriously now. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and uh, say uh, 4chan is possibly the... A joke that uh, got out of yeah. hand that eventually resulted in a president. Uh, that is a, it's a fascinating, uh, one day someone is going to write the history of uh, 4chan. And I think we are going to, I've said this on the show before, but I 100% believe it, that uh, history books will be talking about 4chan as a driving force in American culture. Mm. Uh, it's the driving force in American culture that nobody knew about. 
But it was I there. don't know about it history was there bo- the entire time. I don't know about history books, but I'll tell you, history plasma tablets. Mm-hmm. They will be talking about it for <laughs> yeah. sure. History plasma tablets. Yes, when when we start to, because the history books are going to have to start talking about the internet as a true well, cultural force, as a, as a oh true God, driving course. force of history. Oh. And and there's going to and 4chan is the secret history of the internet. Absolutely, and that's why it's like when that the incel. Uh, killed the people. Everyone in the mainstream media was like incel. It's like yes, incels. They exist. Like how don't you? Yeah. Come on. And even then, incel is that that is a, a tip of the iceberg. Oh my. As gosh. far as what I mean, people tip people really have no idea what 4chan was able to accomplish. Yeah. Uh, it, it's well, uh, speaking of information, going fascinating. Back, going back to textbooks, I mean, really, it's California and Texas. They were the ones who kind of dictated our history for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being there's the, I get there's going to be college courses about 4chan one day. Yep. Absolutely. Okay, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We love you all very much. Follow me on Instagram at BenKissel1. Marcus Parks is Marcus Parks for everything. I got some great footage of Puffin. Uh, he is mm-hmm. adorable. Oh, yeah. And, you know, um, he. so this is actually a terrible thing they do in Korea. It's very controversial in Korea, uh-huh. uh, but they do this dog meat. It's like a festival during the hottest hey, days. Hey, that's my name. Hey, that's my name. <laughs> dog meat. That's my name. That's my name. <laughs> and it's this festival, and apparently the old timers, they think it helps with their vitality mm-hmm. and their uh, uh, erectile dysfunction, and they say it keeps you cool. So there's thousands of dogs that get murdered, and they kill them in horrible, horrible ways, and it's absolutely a travesty and a tragedy there's big protests in korea this is not to uh this is not a it's not a a, a well accepted tradition but mm-hmm. it is uh what they do and so if you can adopt a dog please do it um from there or from anywhere because there's a lot of dogs in need mm-hmm. and little puffin whenever he's bad because i got him from korea i'm gonna say if you're bad you could have been a pokeball <laughs> and then he and then he'll look at me and he's like oh thank you for saving me you better be thankful oh he's very very thankful oh yeah i know yeah. i know georgie's very thankful for me oh georgie's the cutest oh she's so cute all right everyone hail yourselves talk uh, to you soon bye bye can't wait to have my kids uh answer a question on their quit on a quiz what in college and the answer's shit posting uh-oh space fo- what <laughs> Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.